Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy, the podcast that empowers you to transform life's challenges into opportunities for personal growth and healthier relationships. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. As experienced therapists with backgrounds in addressing trauma and mental health disorders, we believe there is hope and there certainly is healing. We've spent our lives supporting people through the ups and downs, and we want to share these insights with you. Together, we'll unravel the layers of personal growth healing from trauma, and building healthy relationships. Each week, we'll bring you engaging conversations, expert insights, and practical strategies to help you heal from the past, foster healthy communication, and develop enduring love. This podcast is your guide to transforming adversity into triumph, healing wounds and past trauma, gaining wisdom and insight, and creating meaningful, fulfilling connections. So if you're here to heal, to better understand yourself or your relationships, you're in the right place. So sit back, get comfortable, bring your trauma and your drama, and let's start healing. Welcome Welcome to to Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. Therapy. Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today what we're going to be discussing is a little bit more of a sensitive subject, and so if you have young ears that might be listening that you're not ready to have a deeper level conversation with them about just yet, you might want to turn off this podcast and listen to it at a later time. I'm going to give you a three count to turn this off if you want to listen to this in private. And so three, two, one. All right, so today's topic, what we're going to be discussing is how to create an atmosphere around sex where we can have open communication with our kids about it. This is the beginning of a series that we're going to be doing around the subject. And we're going to talk about sex, pornography, and social media. All right, let's jump right in. So before we get into this, if you haven't already, please take a moment and join our Facebook group. We want to create a community there where we can support each other, where we're going to have additional resources, and just a community of people who are mental health minded. All right, so let's jump in. So as we jump into today's episode, there's a lot here in these topics that we're going to talk about. But one of the first places that we want to start is really to begin to have an open communication with your children from a fairly young age. You're going to make your conversations very age appropriate, but ultimately you're trying to create a safe space for them to come and ask questions as well as educate them along the way. So really our thought process on it isn't that we're having the talk or one sex talk, right? But it's this idea of early and often. So we want to be able to talk to them at a fairly early age, just kind of opening up the door and teaching them about their body, about boundaries around their body, the correct terminology for their body parts. And you're just starting there. You're starting small. Maybe you use a book to walk them through the basic dynamics of how the body works and what each part is called. And then you're going to do it again maybe the next year, read through the same book. And the discussion is going to be a little deeper. They'll understand a little more. And if you have multiple children, like we do, they're different ages. And we still will go through it with all of them. But they each will have a different level of understanding as we go through it with them at that age or at that point that they're at. And I think one of the things that a lot of parents are worried about, about starting the conversation about sex, is that they are afraid that they're going to put the idea into their head. And the truth is, when you start early enough, you're not going to be putting any idea into their head. You should be looking for an opportunity where your child is interested in something like that, and then using that as a springboard to then talk a little bit more about it. One of our kids started 
being really interested in the body and body parts. And that was the opening that we then took to then talk to them a little bit about sex. It started off and it was just a very basic conversation. It was just teaching them about the different body parts between boys and girls and men and women and how those shifts can kind of happen. And then the mechanics of sex, like sperm and eggs and things like that. And then they would ask questions and we would answer them. And the thing is, when we were doing this, like it felt awkward for me, but the kids did not feel awkward at all. At the age we did it at, they were young enough where they weren't feeling weird. If you wait till your kids are 10, 11, 12, 13, they already have a basis of understanding about this information. And then you then coming and talking to them after waiting till they're already going through or have gone through puberty is going to make them feel much more awkward. And I think that's the key is to make sure that you are talking to them and having these conversations before they're getting this information from outside sources. Because you want to be able to really pour into your child and teach them and train them in a variety of things of life. But especially in this area, when there are so many different viewpoints. And it's not that we want to shelter them, but we have core values and belief systems that we believe is right and true. And so us being able to have these conversations with them really help them because when they're faced with then, like Tim said, an awkward situation with friends, they won't get as embarrassed or be totally caught off guard. And if they have a totally different viewpoint, they won't be shaken as much. But if they are confused or they don't really know what's happening, they know that we've talked about this and they can always come and ask questions and talk about it. And they can tell us what they heard and we can just have a great discussion about it. And the reason why we put social media and pornography into this idea about the discussion about sex is because those two things play a role in educating your kids about sex. Whether you want them to be educated in those areas or not, they're likely to pick up information from those two sources that are going to be influencing their thoughts about it or even being their first exposure to anything that has to do with sex. Just like you were saying, Ruth, if you really want to have the ability for your children to come to you and to talk to you about this stuff, if you're acting awkward or weird with them around this subject, or it's a subject where you never bring it up, they're going to feel that way towards talking to you about it. But if you want to foster this atmosphere of, hey, we can talk about this, this isn't a weird thing, this isn't uncomfortable, you have to just regularly be bringing it up as things kind of come up or as you're talking and you should be going through this conversation multiple times with them because, again, just like anything, they're going to pick up bits and pieces. And then when you talk about it again with them later, they'll pick up more and then you can correct misunderstandings that they may have had. But then when you're having these progressive conversations with them as time goes on, you're letting them know, hey, this is a normal thing. It's OK to talk to me about this. And you shouldn't even have to say, don't feel weird. Or don't feel shameful about this, because if you're just talking about it openly, that's how they're going to receive it. They're going to say, oh, this is okay. There's nothing shameful or wrong about talking about this. And when we say talk about it often, we don't mean like talk about it all the time. This is what we're focusing on when we sit down to dinner and then we're going to have another conversation about it. We just mean like throughout the year when there are opportunities, talk about it. Or if you don't see these opportunities, like I said, you can sit down and intentionally read a book to them and that will create these opportunities to be able to have these discussions. But we certainly don't mean every conversation, talk about it all the time. Our goal really is to have that open communication and create a safe place for them to be able to talk about it. And one of the big things we want to point out is that 
it's really important that if they do come to you, when they come to you with information of maybe something they've seen or heard, that you need to be really careful and taper your response. So that way you keep this a safe place and there's no shaming, there's no blaming or an escalation of the situation where they tell you something and you're like, what? Who'd you hear that from? Where'd you see that? And you get upset or maybe it's your own trauma that's coming up and you need to make sure that you just open that communication and you talk about it. Hey, how did you feel when you saw that? What do you think of that? Do you have any questions about it? And really engaging in these kinds of dialogues rather than letting that fear run your show and then projecting that onto them. I do think a lot of people have a lot of emotions uh, attached to and surrounding sex. And then when you think about kids and sex, a lot of times it's, we have this feeling we want to protect them from that, but it's not something we want to protect them from. It's something great that they're definitely going to want to engage into later on in life under the appropriate circumstances, but that in order to help them get there, they need somebody to guide them when they're young to help teach them, educate them so that they have the appropriate logical understanding of what the purpose is for sex and what the right circumstances are for sex, as opposed to just feeling pressured from the people and the world around them when is the appropriate time to have sex. Actually, I remember hearing this statistic, and I thought it was a very good one, that kids who have more discussions with their parents surrounding sex compared to kids whose parents don't talk to them about sex at all, it tends to stave off the first sexual experience of kids by up to four years when their parents are talking to them more openly about sex as opposed to the parents who don't talk to them as much. And so the parents who aren't talking as much might be fearful that, oh, no, they're going to want to have sex if we talk about it. But actually, the research shows the exact opposite is true. They're more likely and more willing to stave it off because they already have an understanding about it. They're not going to then seek to understand more about sex through somebody else teaching them or through having sex to learn more about sex. Right. And coming from a Christian perspective, our view is that it is a good thing. It is something that God made within the context of marriage. But I know a lot of Christians who grew up hearing and thinking that sex was bad, sex was not a good thing, don't have sex. But then they get married, and that one night, your view's supposed to change, and you're supposed to think, oh, this is a wonderful thing. But that night comes, and that view of sex being something that's bad and the scary thing is still there. And so that's caused them problems in their marriage or on their honeymoon. Rather than really giving them this full picture and explaining to them that sex can absolutely be harmful and there are consequences to it when it's not done the way God intended. But when it is done the way that God intended, it is such a beautiful thing and it's healthy and appropriate and necessary in marriage. And that's what we're trying to share with our children, even from an early age, like I said, very age appropriately, but not demonizing sex in and of itself, because it was something that God created. So one of the things about this is that your kids, they may be ignorant about sex and things in that orbit, but your children are not stupid. And so if you talk to them about how awful it is and you're going to get an STD or you're going to die or God's going to smite you with a lightning bolt if you do it in the wrong context... They're going to see or hear about one of their friends having sex and that none of those things happened. 
And then what's going to happen is that you're going to then discredit yourself to your children. And so just like Ruth was saying, having this even hand where you talk about, hey, there are some dangers to it, but then also in the right context, this is a great and wonderful thing. That being able to have that even hand keeps credibility in your kids' eyes when they hear more information outside of you about sex. So definitely make sure that you're careful and you don't go to too much extremes trying to make them fearful of it because then that can cause problems later on down the line. But also in the short term, it can definitely damage your credibility and they're less likely to listen or to believe you. And so one of the things about creating this healthy atmosphere with our kids where we're talking to them about sex so that they understand and they're not awkward and they have preparedness is also maybe you might have some of your own wounding around that. And I think it's going to be very hard for you to filter that out. So if you notice like, hey, I'm really struggling with this or this is a fearful thing for me or this is something that I know I have a skewed view of. The thing is, even if you think that you're doing a good job of masking or hiding that damage from your children, because it operates on your subconscious level, it definitely trickles out in the way you respond or even the words you choose when you're talking about the subject that can oftentimes skew your children in a negative way about something that you want them to feel safe and secure in and something that you want them to be happy to do when they're married to the right person. But all that stuff doesn't normally happen by accident. You have to take great care to work at creating that healthy atmosphere with them. And you as the parent are going to be the person who sets the tone for that more than anybody else. Right. And this just happens in your everyday life together. You're creating this atmosphere and building relationships with your spouse and with your children. And so just in general, we want you to have the safe atmosphere a home that really is a refuge for them and for each other. And having these talks about sex becomes easier when you already have a home that has this kind of open communication and love and trust and the children feel comfortable enough to ask questions about anything. And so in creating that atmosphere, it really starts with that relationship with your children, with your spouse, and spending intentional time together. You know, all the things that we talk about often on this podcast, really just understanding that that relationship with your child and with your spouse is more important than having things done a specific way, coloring within the lines, making sure that all your curriculum is done, right? We talk about that a lot as you're schooling your children or as you are doing chores or living life with your children. Make sure that when you're teaching and guiding them and correcting them, that is in a way that is supporting and encouraging that relationship rather than damaging it and tearing it down. Because I think so often we have in our mind as parents, we want things done this specific way or this is the right way. And then we get into these matches with our children and they walk away feeling not seen, not heard, not valued, and not like this is a safe place for them to talk to you about things. And so we want to create this atmosphere just in our everyday lives so that when we are approaching maybe more uncomfortable topics like sex and pornography and social media use, that that foundation is already there. And I think a lot of times parents, just by the very nature of being the parent, feel like they have some level of special access that their kids are going to give them. But that's not true. If you haven't fostered that relationship, you're not going to have that ability to have that access. And so the closer you are to your kids, not just by having conversations, but really to connect with kids, play is a huge deal with it. 
And if you're not playing with your kids or doing anything to engage them in that way, you're not as likely to get access. Because what play does is it makes them feel connected to you. The more connected to you they feel, the more access you are likely to be granted by them. Because that's one thing that the kids are able to control, what is in their mind. They can control what they tell you or what they don't tell you. And so there's nothing you can do to force that access. It's something that you have to work towards. It's something that you have to earn from your children to have the access to things that might be uncomfortable or make them nervous to say out loud. But the more you foster that beneficial, healthy relationship with them, the more access you'll get. And then the more that you can guide and steer them in the correct direction. Right. Because picture a scenario with two different outcomes where you see maybe on the movies where the parent finds something in their room and they go to them and they're demanding, tell me what this is about. And you better tell me who sent this. And there's this power struggle and the likelihood of your child opening up to you that way. Yes, they might open up to you, but it'll probably be very begrudgingly. And then they learn in the future that you're not safe and to either hide it better or to think ahead and come up with a story so that if you do find something, they have their bases covered. Whereas the same scenario, but a different outcome where the parent maybe finds something and begins to have a conversation with the child and the child is talking to them and opening up to them because they have this relationship. And even if it's something where they are embarrassed about, instead of demanding and yelling and shaming them, they begin to try and understand. And you create that atmosphere where you can have conversations like this, even though it's hard. Or maybe even though the child needs a little time or a little space before being able to talk about it. But hopefully they will come back and say, okay, mom, I have something I need to share with you. And we have no control over how our kids respond to us. We can teach them and guide them and show them, but in the end, they need to choose. And so these conversations are way easier to have when they're a child and they begin to learn, okay, we can have these open communications rather than waiting and waiting and waiting. And then when they're a teenager or when you find something that then you begin to demand to have this conversation. So really, these conversations that are healthy to have happening, you're not going to go from not really having this open communication and then at 12, 13, 14, having a light switch that switches on and says, okay, now let's talk. You need to have developed that all throughout their lives. And if you're at a place now where you have not developed that when they were younger, and maybe your kids are a little older, it's not too late. You can begin to have these conversations and build this type of relationship. But I do agree with Tim that you have to meet them where they're at. It's easy to spend a lot of time with your kids just, you know, doing school, doing homework, getting chores done around the house, maybe organizing different things, and just the daily tasks and chores that needs to be done, but not really getting on their level and playing with them. And if you're at that point where you just feel at a loss and don't really have that open communication, just ask your son or your daughter to go outside and throw a ball with you or kick a ball around or play a board game together. Play really is so important to kids and it's important in that connection. And so maybe even as you're talking, play with Play-Doh together or have Legos out so that way it's not this intense eye-to-eye conversation that we have to have. 
but we're building connections through just daily shared experiences. But it can't just be the chores and the daily tasks. Make sure you also remember to do things that they love, to sit down and color with them, go on a bike ride together. These are the activities that for kids really build that connection and you'll reap the benefits of it later when you have to have some of these harder conversations. All right, you guys, we're going to end there with today's episode, but we're going to continue on this topic in the next episode as we talk about 10 reasons why it's so important to talk to your kids about sex. All right, you guys, have a great day. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it helpful. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with a friend? Also, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It lights us up to know that this podcast is helping you. If you have any questions or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group. Just click the link in the description below. Although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. If you are struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or feeling hopeless or suicidal, you are not alone. Help is available. Please seek professional help or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988. Thank you again for joining us on Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Remember, there's always hope and there's always help.